It's that time again. We go beyond the jive. Join our hosts, John Swan and Natalie B. Brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. All you hive jive junkies out there, this is the Hive Jive. ready she says she's ready but are you really ready do you know what we're talking about do you really want to get into this <laughs> i think i might be ready but i'm not sure because it's an interesting topic this is an interesting topic so we mentioned on the last recording um which for those of you who can see the video we're wearing the same clothes my hat's the other direction you your hats. <laughs> this is this is the like we did these back to back but we're breaking them up because right. This was something that just came up, so it was very fresh in our minds, and I wanted to be able to at least get it down and recorded while it was still fresh before moving it off. So as everybody who is listening to this, you should know at this point, um, I have been... I've been the vice president of a club. I was the president for three years of a club that was the local county club in uh, Austin, and I was a director for the state. I was a vice president for two years for the state. So I've handled lots of different positions outside of beekeeping, but affiliated with because of the beekeeping, I have also held board positions on three separate boards that were not directly bees. <laughs> so there's been a lot of this stuff going on to the point where at one point in time, my family informed me I was not allowed to take another board position on any board for any reason whatsoever, period. Um, and somehow I still managed to sneak in being part of the original uh, founding members of the making Austin a bee friendly city. <laughs> I, <laughs> I snuck that in there somehow, but you know, it was one of those, they didn't really know. I did the meetings at noon you during the week. Announcement. You I kept did. it to yourself. I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, got a, I got closet, a Zoom meeting uh, over lunch today at 12. Sorry. <laughs> it becomes bad when you're you're a closet volunteer in, in board <laughs> positions, right? You're it's hiding it. Family. Yeah, hiding it from your family. <laughs> but if I do it in the middle of the day over like the lunch break or something, it's not as obvious as like, oh, sorry, I can't have dinner tonight because I'm going to be doing this meeting. Yeah. So I've done a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Natalie has done a lot of things. Natalie is in some of the same positions now that I was in right. a year or two ago. And so she is the president of one of the associations related to, so off the side of like the Real Texas Honey. Right. That's an organization yeah. that is directly related to bees, but not specifically beekeeping. It's more about the honey aspect of it. So she's got that going on. She's been a director. She is a founder of the Hayes County Beekeepers. I've she has, she has the, been, I was going to say she was my vice president whenever <laughs> I was a president for the local county association. Right. So we have actually, we've had a lot of these different positions and it is, do not get me wrong. It is fun to get out there and be able to like, I literally would go into every meeting nervous, almost like with stage fright, because I knew I was going to have to get up there and I was going to have to basically put on a performance to keep everybody entertained, but also make them learn, right? I didn't want them falling asleep. I wanted them engaged. And then I would get up there and everybody would be so reciprocative of like that energy and, and they'd be asking questions and they were into it and you could see them laughing and stuff. So then you get a high from that and then right. the meeting would be over and I would go home and then I would be awake for hours because I was just I was so say, wound up. I couldn't sleep 
at night because most of the time we were the ones basically uh, managing the show and just kind of planning ahead and preparing, thinking about it, you know, for a day or two at least ahead. Yeah. And, and then you that kind of builds up to that culmination of excitement and and interaction and your brain's going a million miles an hour. I couldn't sleep all night. Exactly. It, it, it just, it gets you. So you get out there and you do these things and you're helping, you're doing youth programs, you're outreaching, you're doing whatever you can to help everybody. And that brings you a sense of accomplishment, well-being, you know, you've kind of done your part and that's great. But there is a whole other side to this. So on uh, a other podcast, um, the host of that podcast was also the president of a state association, many, many states away. And mm -hmm. I do distinctly recall her saying at one point, I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. You couldn't pay me enough to do that again. And that's the that's the dark side. That's the flip side of it that a lot of times you don't necessarily get to see. You see me up there putting on a show for everybody and everybody's having fun and we're learning and we're all entertained. But you didn't see any of the work that led up to it, and you didn't see anything that happens after it. You just, that's all the, the membership gets to see. But there's all these other aspects that go into it that make the clubs possible. And one of those is volunteers. Without volunteers, because even the officers are volunteered, they are, we didn't get paid for any of that. Nobody gets paid for that stuff. No, it's, that's a volunteer position. So you have to have volunteers. The whole, example of how it should work would be Natalie is is formed this association she is the president of of this new B association mm -hmm. hypothetically speaking she doesn't have time to do that right now so that better not be true I don't um, want to do it right now <laughs> <laughs> right right so hypothetically speaking Natalie forms this new association and that association is going to need other individuals there. So she's going to be the president. She brings in somebody who is the vice president. And then you also need like a secretary, a treasurer. You can have also have all these other volunteer positions, somebody that helps coordinate. If you're going to have a lending library, coordinates the books and has these different aspects. The whole goal would be that if, depending on how it's set up, the ones that I've been involved in, there's a term limit. It's either two to three years typically for that term. Once you've hit that max, you have to step down from that position. You can still hold a different position, but you have to step down for that position for a minimum of a year, sometimes more, again, depending on the association. And then at a later date, if you ever chose to, you could run for that position again. And then if the membership elects you in, so be it. But the way that it should work is that when Natalie is finished with her term, she's done her two or three years, that vice president should be primed from basically working under the president to then roll up into that position. But now you need to bring in a new vice president. That could be the secretary or treasurer. They could move up or other people could come into those roles. Honestly, a treasurer position is very specific. Like if you've got accounting background and things like that, you're primed for that. You might not want to do event planning and all this other stuff. So you may not want to be vice president or president, but treasurer could be good. So that's that's how it should work, right? Well, that's exactly how it should work. That's how it in should work. And everything is perfect. Yes. I have not to date ever, ever, ever seen it work that way. Most of the time, and, and Natalie and I both, we can, we can share stories and attest to this because we've both been in the exact same positions. Most of the time, you are begging and pleading and bribing people to come and help, to be a part of the association. And 
the the whole thing that really kind of gets me is if you rewind back to my last year of being the president of the local county association, at that point, I, I had maxed out my term. I already knew that they were going to make me the vice president of the state association. I did not have the bandwidth to be able to be a president or any other officer for that county club and be the vice president for the state. So we needed to go through things. And I spent the whole year trying to prime people, get them ready, get them interested, get them moving up into those positions. That's when I was in Africa, right? It's right. You were in Africa for like six months. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, I told you I would have done it. Yeah, you, you would have. You totally would have. Because we also both have a problem of saying no, which we're getting much better at. <laughs> saying no is hard. When saying no is hard. Um, and a lot of the things that we're talking about right now are contradictory because I'm telling you, you need to volunteer, but I'm also telling you, you have to stand up for yourself and say no sometimes. You, you got to be careful because you're telling them, you know, volunteering is very important. And you it is. That and then, but then I tell you the horror stories. To get out. <laughs> right. Hurry up and get out of there. So put in your dues, pay your time, people. Or no, put in your time, pay your dues. There we go. So. What ends up happening is, is again, you're bartering, you're, you're begging, you're pleading, you're crying, you know, please come help, you know, and, but the membership though, the membership, they love that networking. They love the show that is being put on. They love learning. They, they like all of it so much that they are absolutely devastated and desperate. If the concept of the club, not continuing comes up, mm -hmm. but Getting those same people who vehemently say, we can't, we can't disband the club. We can't do this, you know, because that that's what it came to for me. By the time I was at the end of that term and I had to step down and move off, we had to get people into those positions for the club to continue. Nobody for six months, nobody had volunteered, but the meetings were still packed and we still had a full room and yet nobody was volunteering. They all wanted to come. They all wanted to partake. They wanted to get their pie, but nobody wanted to help. Nobody, nobody wanted, wanted to help. help. You know, they didn't want to help put anything forward out there. And my last meeting went along the lines of we are locking everybody in the room and nobody <laughs> is leaving until you make a decision. And your decisions are somebody either steps up and volunteers and takes these positions and carries the club forward. Of leadership. Yeah. Or... We merged the club, which was something we had talked about for a few years because there was several clubs in Austin. We merged the club with one of the other local clubs and just make one big club, or we dissolved the club entirely. Mm -hmm. It is not my choice. It is not my decision. It is the membership's decision. And when you put it that way, and I literally said, we're locking the doors. Nobody's leaving this meeting until we make a decision. I don't care which it is, which honestly I did. I would have been very heartbroken to see it just go away. There was a lot of work and effort. Especially on your watch. Right, exactly. There's a lot of work and effort that went into it. And it was very successful to see it just go away because nobody else wanted to step up right. is very disheartening. It's very saddening. So they had their three options. And ultimately when it came down to it, the original founder of the club, whose husband was dying of cancer, had yeah. to step up and take the club back over because, because nobody else would. Right, because nobody else would take on that responsibility. Without the volunteering of the membership, there can be no club. Mm -hmm. If you love your local club, like I love that local club. I could say a lot of different things about the state association, but I loved that local <laughs> club and the people that came to that club. Right. And so 
when it was finally all said and done and they had all made the decision and they voted and the, and the club was going to carry forward, that was great. But then it fell into that same perpetual cycle. The person who decided to take it back over was not in the right place, but was desperate not to want the club to go away. Exactly. So the deal was, I will do this. But somebody else has to be the vice president with the full intention that at the end of this next year, you will be the president and I will teach you over the year and then everything will carry forward. Yeah. Well, that was the best laid plan. But again, that did not happen. No, there that, was a vice president that turned, I think, president for a while, maybe. Well, the, the person out. the person that was supposed to be the vice president uh, renewed and then quit. Oh, you're talking one about when you did prior, it. Yeah. No, well right after me. So that year that I ended, the founder took over. The year that the founder was supposed to step away, a new person was supposed to be the president. And they went ahead and renewed and voted and got voted in. And then the very first month of the next year, they had a bunch of stuff come up in their own life and they had to step away. That left the founder back in this really awkward position. So one of the other people, bless their heart, in the club stepped up and became a new VP and then moved up to the presidency. But then that person had to step away. So what we were ultimately left with is the founder of the club, now, what, three years removed, who was only supposed to be there for one year. Dealt with uh, a death in her family. Back Multiple. Um, and then another one recently. Yep. Yeah. So we, the, uh, the, the husband did ultimately pass away from cancer and that happened that very first year. And then after that, there was another very close death in the family and still there's no volunteers to keep the club going. So the, the whole reason that this is fresh on my mind and that I'm the one dominating the conversation at this exact moment is the fact that th that is that local club that I was just with or that I was part of. And just as of last night, Recording date wise for you guys, this will be a couple of weeks removed. But just as of last night, we got a last minute notice stating it was the annual holiday potluck and it was going to be the last holiday potluck and the last meeting of the association. Because yet again, no volunteers had stepped up. Nobody was willing to push the club forward and there was nothing left to do. So what I put to them three years ago now is ultimately the same thing. It just got delayed for three years and the same right. thing got put to them again. Somebody has to step up or we dissolve the club. And from what I understand, it ended up being latter. So yeah. this club that was really what got me started because that that is the same club that I, that is the first beekeeping meeting period that I ever went to in my life. I had read books. Me I had too. gone out. You That was for you too. So yeah. see, like I had read books, I had helped other beekeepers, I had been around bees, but as far as a club, that was my club. That was the first club I ever joined. That was the club that I worked my way up through, became a vice president, became the president, like took a lot of pride and joy in that. And exactly. you were part of it. That's how I know you Insane. is from the club. <laughs> when I was my beekeeping family for the longest time, they used to bring potluck items and, and uh, there was food. It was very family gathering. Yeah. Style bring your kids, bring in food. It was awesome. Yes. We tried to make it fun and friendly. We, we started doing they the youth programs. We would have the kids hive. get up and give presentations. Yep. Like we did the tour to hives. Like there was all kinds of stuff that happened very there. Awesome. 
I mean, that, she did a fantastic job creating and, and, and kind of getting it big and, and useful to the community. The problem is that, it, like to your point, if nobody steps in, that very valuable resource can disappear if nobody wants to take it on. And, and I think that it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a something that we need to all be mindful as beekeepers. If there's a local beekeepers association in your area that you like, Think about how you can volunteer. You could be a, a grader. You could be the landing library manager. You can be, it doesn't have to be a big job, first of all. So the, the story, so when I created my club, that was kind of a reaction a little bit to the fact that they were promoting more treatments and I didn't want to do that. So I created my own treatment-free club that was closer south because, you know, this is a big area around Austin and there was only like that club and maybe one really far yeah. up north. And yours, and yours so, was a county over too. So, I mean, they exactly. were, Different keep counties. in mind when we say close, like I could get to either of them in 20, 25 minutes, but they were yeah. separate counties entirely. That was even more than 20. Yeah. That was quite a ways away. And, um, and, and like, you know, a lot of the clubs out there, I did, I, <laughs> I launched it. I was the librarian. I was the website designer. I was the, um, uh, speaker or scheduler. I was the marketer. I was doing all of it and so for a long time that was my thing and uh, finally I mean it was a lot of work to try to instill that energy and that uh, joy of being together and it's just kind of like created little by little that family and I started asking for help so if you are a club leader just bring the value that your members want to see it has to have something this gets to be something for them perks or an atmosphere or the learning or something has to be compelling for them to first of all attend the meetings and then um be valuable enough for them to start volunteering in some of those roles and pick up some of those and in recognize them if you recognize them and you're like really publicly thanking them for their help and effort and showing excitement in that then that helps engaging people but um yeah be very careful because if you don't generate that volunteering um, um, spirit, it's one of the hardest things to do, even when a, a club has a lot of volunteers, is to try to transfer powers and, and just get um, the leadership renewed. Uh, it's probably the one thing that's the hardest um, to work for a, a club and to be in the leadership position. Well, and you've got to have you've got to have that that backlog of people and the interest and everybody to bring it up in there. There also has to be a certain quality and character to some of those individuals. But you know what? You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be able to get up on stage and put on a performance to keep everybody engaged. Yeah. If you don't want to do that yourself, then you need to be good at finding other people to come and exactly. speak who can do that. So you don't have to be the one up there doing the presentation, mm -hmm. but you got to be able to find those people and bring them in. And if that's not your strong suit, then you better make sure that your vice president has that strong suit, you know, in one way or another between the two of you, you got to be able to bring those things in, but your club Somebody's went through the same skills. Somebody, somebody does. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, don't put them at the door um, <laughs> or at the sign in desk, either right. one. Um, you don't want, you know, miss, miss crabby pants sitting over there, right. checking people in and, and scaring them off before they ever get into the meeting. Or Mr. Or Mr. Crabby pants. Yeah. You didn't sign up. Your name's not on the list. It's your fault. Yes. Yeah. So don't, you don't want that, but your club went through some of the same exact things that my club went through. 
And you had a hard time finding people to be able to roll up into some of those positions. <laughs> and at some point, you do have to step away because term limits and life goes on and changes and stuff. You want to be a part of it, but you can't you can't always be the one that is guiding the ship, you know, like you can't be so, keeping it afloat. Yeah. So more than term limits in our case, we didn't have bylaws drafted yet or anything like that. We're a nonprofit, but we, we didn't really complete the entire process. Uh, we're, we're a nonprofit entity. We haven't completed the whole bylaws and everything. And um, COVID happened. Yeah. Also. And that... I was gone in 2019 quite a bit. So I kind of detached myself from the whole thing. So it was really hard to kind of revive that. And a lot of clubs have suffered uh, from that period of time because some people, some clubs didn't even re re restart. After yeah, they never, they never started meeting back in person. No. And if the club did not have the resources or the technical know-how to mm -hmm. jump onto this virtual bandwagon and go virtual and do Zoom and exactly. things like that, they just disappeared. You can't meet in person. And right. we have no way to actually reach our membership because we don't have the technology or, or or whatever to do it. So then it just didn't happen. Now, the clubs that were able to kind yeah. of change and, and evolve, we did that worked. Virtually. Yeah. For you guys, actually, it ended up becoming ultimately a hybrid because it yes. was no meetings. Then it was just virtual meetings. Mm -hmm. And then when we could start meeting in person again, then you did both. Yeah, you would broadcast the meeting yeah. live. People yeah. could join in on Zoom if they couldn't be there in person or didn't feel comfortable being there. And everybody else could actually be there and, and you know, participate and stuff. Um, you know, one of the fun things about where you guys were holding your meetings the last time I was there it's is food. pizza and beer. Food. If you have food, <laughs> uh, your members are going to show up and they're going to want to participate. And it's going to feel a little bit more like a family gathering. And that's going to bring that joy back into the, the whole connection and the networking. And that's really going to motivate people to come over. Now, so one of the other things that makes it fun for the membership, which again, there's a catch 22 here. And I'm going to preface something at the end of this. But one of the things that makes it fun for the membership is the camaraderie. And also if, if it is engaging, if it's a lot of bickering and everything else, that's not fun oh, for yeah. anybody. It needs to no. be a safe, fun environment where everybody right. can learn. Everybody can ask questions. And trust me, I definitely have a parental authoritarian side yeah. to me. If somebody steps out of line or starts belittling anybody else, I will stop them immediately. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't tolerate that. So if somebody else starts going after somebody because they asked a question that they didn't feel was relevant or they didn't like the answer to, I will make them quit. And that is also something that you have to be able to do. You can't just let it run wild. You need to set yeah. expectations. We need to respect each other. And I will hold everybody to that. But the other, the other aspect of that, so yes, they want to have fun. It needs to be a good inviting environment. One of those aspects is food. You can do potluck. Everybody can bring something in and everybody can share. That's a way that the responsibility is not on one person and not necessarily on the club, not having to foot the bill for it. The members right. can bring in things. And you know what? So you didn't have time and you went to Walmart and you bought a platter of cookies. Oh, well, People you bought care. something, right? There's something there. Yeah. The other thing that I started doing was door prizes. Oh, and, I know. That's fixed. I did that from the beginning. And I was like, that thing that helped me grow the club really fast. It, it is, was fun. And it's it doesn't have to be so complicated. Yeah. It, what was great was we would always have little kids there. And we had kids that were also part of the youth scholarship program. Mm -hmm. So I would always bring in something for the door prize. I would never tell anybody what it was. Also, other people could donate things to the door prize. Yeah. 
So it could be a jar of honey. It could be like, for instance, one of our biggest supporters was actually the owner of a natural nursery and they had all kinds of native plants there. And she would bring in gift certificates and she would give them to me to use as door prizes. So there's all kinds of different ways that you can get them. Sometimes it honestly was like, it was some cute $5 thing that I found at a store. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Or that's so cute. I'm going to buy it. And I would buy four or five different things. I might spend maybe $100 total for the whole year, not per meeting. And then I would donate some of my own honey or a honey infusion or, you know, some wax, or I would ask members to bring things in. And so we would get these things and they would just start after we started doing it, they just started jumping on the bandwagon on their own. They would bring things and be like, I brought this for the door prize. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) every now and then there would be a huge door prize. And we would switch that from a door prize to like a a raffle. Raffle So then you could actually, yeah, you could win money for the club and they would get a top bar hive, you know, and And Natalie or I or Les or somebody would build it, you know? Yeah. And your name would be associated to that big gift. Like it could be a really fancy bottle of mead or it could be anything, a hive or something. And yeah, uh, you feel good donating into the club and then everybody's really happy because they're, they've got to change. They get excited about this big price, right? It's, it's, it's fun. Who's going to get it? What's it going to be There's You can never tell what it is. Right. So we, instead of doing tickets, because again, that's something you got to take them, tear them, do all this other stuff. We use our signup sheet, right? Sign up sheet was numbered one through a hundred and people would come and they would just, as they came in the door, they'd sign their name on the sheet. And then what I would do is I'd take my phone. I would ask the person who was the greeter at the door, who was signing people up or signing them in, not signing them up. I would ask them, how many attendants did we have today? They would give me the number. I would put that into a random number generator on my phone. And then I would hand my phone to a kid. Uh And I would say, press the button and tell me the number. And we would do it three or four times based on how many prizes we had. Everybody loved it because the kid got a kick out of it. And they'd call out a number. The person with the sign-up sheet would call out a name. And then I would call them out of the audience. Be like, all right, come on, get up here, you know. And sometimes they got to choose. Sometimes we were like, all right, this is for this specific item. But it was fun and it was engaging. So those are t- some of the things that you can do to bring the people in. Now, here's the flip side. I said there's a caveat at the end of this. Everybody who's coming to that meeting, you have to understand all of the work and everything that is going into it so that you can come and enjoy and learn and have that community. Right. And the only way that community survives is if you step up and volunteer. It, as Natalie said, you can be the greeter, you can be the person at the signup sheet, you can be the person running the library, but the club needs those officers. And if you come to every single meeting for years on end, and you've been keeping bees for years on end, and you don't want your club to go away, you need to step up and consider being an officer, because if not, the club will go away. If there's nobody to carry on that legacy and keep it moving forward and provide that same service that you got for the next generations coming up, then it's just gone. And once it's gone, it's gone. You lose all of that knowledge, that that wealth of information from that pool of people that are in one spot that you can rely on goes away. So it can be very disheartening. It can be very sad to go through and see something like that. And I just want everybody to understand that you're mourning you know what? It's okay to sacrifice a year, one day a month for a year to hold a position. If you do that on its own, you have, you have done your part to pay back the club that has helped you out so much all the way through. Right. Right. 
That's what we all need to understand is that you can't just take and then be upset when you weren't willing to give and the club had to disappear. Well, and beyond being upset, I think people might regret it someday, right? Because um, there's a lot of value there. Um, But, you know, the the, the leadership becomes burned out, especially if they've been doing it for a long time. I've been doing it for five years. Uh, and, and so at some point I need to focus on what I'm doing for my business. And I just kind of like, I have to step down and I wanted to let fresh blood in as well. So I'm like actively trying to encourage people to, um, to, to take that opportunity for themselves because it is an opportunity at the same time. It brings you credentials. It brings you connections. It brings you, um, just a knowledge that you didn't have before, and it really responsabilizes you. Uh, and especially if you have a business, that's a great way to kind of tie the, everything together. But I mean, you and I are both in mourning over this, right? You're, yeah. you're in a different state. So you can't really do anything about it. I just stepped down from everything that I could uh, because I am burned out because I need to not be in so many different <laughs> learn to say no, but you can only learn to say no after you've at least said yes once, damn it. At so volunteer at least once, least like once. right? Yeah. Volunteer at least once and do your part. Because if you can say, Hey, look, I was the secretary last year. I did my part. I'm going to take a break for a year or two. Maybe I'll consider it again. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I am in a completely different state. Um, like everybody, I got the notice that day. Right. And so there was uh, yeah. nothing I could have done about it. In, no. But if I were there, I at the very least would have went to the last meeting you of the club. Showed up. I couldn't because I was recording with, with Les. And yep. it was on Monday night. That's why I haven't been to the meetings in a while. And and I told her, I'm like, you know, I wish I, I so wish I could have been there. But you can't. No, but the other aspect of things is that if you're a part of the leadership um just kind of when you transition out just make sure you train other people you stay on for a little bit to try to transition them and i i'm still helping them out uh, at my club uh, just kind of making sure they've got everything under control kind of giving them a little direction telling them what doesn't work which i'm very aware of um and things like that but um the other aspect of things is that you just want to um um I was going to say something and I forget now. Uh, you you just want to, <coughs> excuse me, you just want to make sure that you provide as a leadership, provide value to your members. So people will bring in a membership uh, and, and they will help your club financially to grow so that it can reach more people and be of more value, higher speakers um, and of quality and just kind of do events or even like we're going to do a white elephant and, and free pizza party for our club for the holidays. Um, but you know, that, 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 that also allows you to get a landing library, landing equipment, special discounts to clubs, uh, uh, to classes and workshops. Uh, you can just kind of, um, get access to special events like tour de highs or the world be day webinar for, for us or things like that. So, have some value to your members if you want them to reciprocate. So it goes both ways, basically. It does. Yeah, it, it definitely, it has to be a give and a take. It can't just be all take Mm-mm. and it can't be all give because all give is how you burn out. Mm-hmm. And all take is how things suddenly don't exist anymore because you took it all. <laughs> right. Quality and, education is one of those gives. Right? Yeah, that is true. 
So again, it, it was it was very fresh for both of us that this this just occurred, and so I apologize for uh, lecturing everybody for the last I don't know forty five minutes you or whatever. Do. You should volunteer. <laughs> Step up, damn it! Suck it up and do your part. It's your um, fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in all honesty. In one regard, it, it it literally could be my fault for not being down there because the volunteers, <laughs> right? The volunteers. But had I been down there, I would have been almost guilted into the aspect of, oh, maybe I should go ahead and take it back I over because because I don't want to see it go away, you know. I and well. as I've said, I was informed I'm not allowed to be on any more boards for a while because my family never saw me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh. I have the same problem, by the way, which is why I didn't do it either. I promised my family I was going to step back out of a lot of the volunteering positions. Yeah. And now I I will say this, too, because you guys have heard me say different things over the years about different levels of things. Again, I love the local county or city level clubs, the Mm -hmm. grassroots. (laughs) It is the best. It really honestly is. Now, we have a couple of listeners and one of you will know exactly who I am talking about to yourself, um, who are now leaders in their own local clubs. And they have been propositioned to move up into the state level. And they have reached out to me and they have said, what should I do? Because I've heard you say, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I don't know, you know, and in all honesty, what I have told them is, look, if you enjoy what you're doing right now and you enjoy your club, stay at your club because your local club needs you the most at the moment. Right. And if you don't have the wherewithal to literally dedicate your entire freaking life to it, don't necessarily do the state association. That's a whole different animal. A lot of work, especially um, if you're working on like the, the, the conventions and the big B schools, that's a lot of work. It is. You, you spend half the year fighting over what you're going to be planning to do and the other half of the year planning and prepping to do it. And there's, depending on the association, so like Texas has two huge events every year, mm-hmm. one in the summer, one it's in the fall. Stop. As soon as you're done with one, you're starting you, over you with the other. Technically, should be working two years in advance right. and having it lined up. And then all the other prep work, the locations and all the stuff that goes into it can be in and of itself, if everything else works perfectly, can just be the most, drudging and monotonous aspect of stuff but if things aren't working well and that's that's the problem with the bigger clubs sometimes you do start getting into politics and bureaucracy and things like that that take the fun out of it oh god (laughs) and we all know yeah you and i both know what we're talking about here yeah so i i will not I, I definitely, I will sit here and I will be almost hypocritical and tell you, you need to step up for your local club. You need yes. to volunteer in some way to help them out because that little local club, some clubs don't even charge membership. I mean, it is literally right. people giving of themselves so that you can come in there and get that. And the the least that you can do is help out, bring an item to the club, bring a snack, donate an item for, for whatever, to raise money, to do a raffle, to just give us a door prize. Share your skills. If you're a marketer or accountant or, right. you know, somebody that has special skills that the club could use. Do a presentation on, on how like your specific skill set can be used for beekeeping because beekeeping, if you have a business, isn't just bees. It's 
finances, it's accounting, it's stock and inventory and production and all this other stuff, graphic design, like you name it, put it out there for the club because they could use it. And again, when they come time to nominate individuals, consider nominating yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, the hypocritical side of that is, I am not ever going to begrudge anybody who said, sorry, I'm not going to participate at the state level. And I know that sounds bad, but I've lived through it. And I will never bad, say shame on you for that. You have a bad taste in your mouth because <laughs> there was a lot of politics at the time. And I, I got a taste of it as well. It's just some, some, there's always going to be in the larger organizations, some people that have been around for a long time and that are hard to deal with because they've got their, their network and their connections and their power that they're trying to protect. So if there's any kind of power struggle, it becomes really not fun and counterproductive and frustrating, quite honestly. <laughs> Very. So one but, of the but, things. But the, these people, if you're talking about, you know, I don't know who that person is, in which state that is. But I know that in our state, that person that was c causing some of the turmoil is actually gone. Right. Doesn't right. have any power left. So that, that was multiple years in the making. And honestly was kind of bittersweet because technically this year I would have been the president. Oh yeah. I was not the president because I moved out of state and therefore would not have been eligible. And I knew that was coming. So when we started doing the whole vetting and nomination process, I told him straight up, do not put me on the ballot because it, I'm not going to be there. I already know I'm not going to be there. However, had I been there and had I moved up into that position, the same damn thing would have happened. Just so right. everybody knows, the, the people that were thing. causing the problem would have gone away. And I would have been very, that would have been my first order of business. Sorry, well, you're fired. <laughs> you guys, you guys, well, and it was not really firing technically, but I no. think you guys were on the same uh, wavelength. And it was, uh, it was more of a, your position is not going to be renewed. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> but no, I think the new leadership is actually good. And uh, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of, you know, really cool things happening. So we'll see. Yeah. Now, what I was going to say, though, is that regardless of small or big, one of the best reasons for getting new blood in things is because we can get very stuck in our ways. Mm -hmm. And beekeeping traditionally is a older generation field. There's a huge yeah. gap in there between the less crowders and the Natalie's and myself's. Yes, this There's this big void in age in there. And so bringing in yeah. those younger people helps. It was, it was mostly men, by the way. That's true. Like everything that's, you know, behind the times on things like that. But there can be individuals that are stuck in their ways. The club can be stuck in their ways and it may be for better or worse. But being able to bring in those new people and be open to accepting new ideas is the only way that anybody grows. That's and that's right. the same way that a club grows. So you can't just lock down the walls and say, we only going to talk about this. We don't want to talk about anything else. You know, right. you have to be open and accepting and, and everything else with all of that. And that is a struggle that we all have. And we have to be bigger than ourselves sometimes and, and step aside and say, okay, I can see your point of view. I think that's good. Um, but it can be harder sometimes for some of the older generations who have always done it this way to feel comfortable, even with things like technology. Right, right, you know, absolutely. So it, it 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 may not be like I had a battle at the state level, which blew my mind. I had a battle multiple times over when the pandemic hit and we were looking at switching to a virtual platform so that yeah. we could still do our events. 
Meanwhile, I was doing, you know, every month I was doing that. You were, yeah. And so we were sitting there talking about it and (laughs) one director was vehement that we could not do that because we were alienating our demographic. And I'm like, how am I alienating? How am I alienating the demographic? Well, because these people out here and these people over there, they, you know, they don't either, they don't have internet or they wouldn't know how, or they wouldn't get on there. And that was my question. Would those same individuals drive six to eight hours to come to the state event? Because if the answer is no, they wouldn't have seen it anyway. But by doing it this way, people who do understand who wouldn't necessarily have traveled, but can log in from their computer will get the benefit and you will ultimately have more people than you would have in person. And so it's little things like that sometimes that we can't see because we don't know any better or we don't understand how that necessarily works. So you do have to be able to kind of finesse some things. Yeah. So when you have legacy um, organizations that have been just a specific way for years and years and years, it's much harder to navigate those waters especially if some of the people that are in those organizations have been in positions of power for a long time they like the status quo they don't like to change and it becomes really hard to unseat them in a way uh-huh <laughs> and change things to make things change <laughs> and if anyway. they if they know that your views and ideals don't necessarily line up with theirs they will do everything in their power to try to keep you from getting to the point where you can unseat them. <laughs> well, and then when you get at the state level, you also have um, a lot of um, politics that happen for other reasons, such as uh, ulterior motive. There's, there's oh a, yeah, there's a conflict of interest sometimes, and and there's just another agenda that's uh, different from smaller organizations where you are much more free to do what you want and you don't have to uh, cater to specific types of beekeepers for the sake right. of, you know, and for forfeiting the other style of beekeepers. So A lot of that comes back down to something that you say all the time, which is the whole follow the money. Exactly. A small county club or a small city club that is not charging membership or charges very little for membership, isn't going to really have a big budget. And they usually spend that budget on either one or two big events for the club, such as a holiday party, like a potluck party or Mm -hmm. speakers. And they try to, to, you know, the rest of it goes to potentially paying for the meeting facility. Whereas when you look at a state organization, there's a lot of zeros that follow some of those. There's there's six speakers all of a sudden. Right. And then that six figures, like everything else comes with money. Mm -hmm. And money talks. And when you have specific influences, just like we we talk about with treatments and and products and things, you know, follow that money and where is it being driven from? If you see an entire association start to shift into one viewpoint and you follow that money back, you might find that some of their largest backers have those views or prefer those methods. And that's some of the things that I I have quit jobs for things like that, where... This is how we do it. No exceptions, because this is the right way. And then suddenly things that were a never start popping up in there and they start making excuses as to why it's there. Mm-hmm. Nope. You're compromising on your morals and your values but and it's, it's not a good thing. Ethics or integrity or something like that. Yeah. 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 What, what are those ethics and yeah. integrity? What? <laughs> yeah. And then the, uh, what's always surprised me is when you have large state organizations, um, that are supposed to be, that are nonprofit, any organization that's a nonprofit is not supposed to be engaging in any kind of politics. Right. 
And um, when you're getting to the larger state organizations and you start hearing talks about hiring, you know, potential um, lobbyists and things like that to uh, try to direct the um, narrative on the law, uh, it kind of doesn't ring logical or, or compatible kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was sent to the state capitol on three different occasions. So because because yeah. I was the closest person there and I was an officer and I was told to. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are those are some other things too. So that that's why you you know, it might sound like we flip-flop like here's a good kin adage for you. We flip-flop like a fish out of water here on this episode <laughs> back and forth between the whole yeah, you shouldn't do this, but you need to do this, but don't do that, but you definitely need to do this, you know, like it's been it's all over the place. But yeah. it is it is a very complicated and there's a fine line. And that's why I wanted to say it's going to sound hypocritical. But at that local level and at the county level, you really do need to do your part for your club in some way, form right. or fashion. Whatever you can do to help out is greatly appreciated. And then that state level is a whole nother animal. And if you've got exactly. that mindset of the political bureaucratic aspect of you could navigate those waters right. and you yeah. want to do it and you want to go head to head, go for it. But that's not for the average Joe who just loves this club. That could be a burnout and really fast. Yes. Yeah. And so that is that is a thing where I will not fault somebody for not necessarily doing that. Yeah, the state associations, they need they need volunteers too. But that's unfortunately, wow. they they kind of tend to abuse their volunteers more than a county level would. <laughs> and it's usually a, a more competition and more um fight for the top positions in those state levels, which yeah. is the opposite in a smaller local organization, which needed the most. Yeah, that's true. So there you go, everybody. There, there's a, there's a whole storm of stuff that you didn't even know was coming down the pipe. <laughs> a lecture that you didn't know was needed to be had. <laughs> a lot of nonsense and, and just nostalgia and, 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 you know, uh, a little bit of a mourning on, on some of our local uh, yeah. Well, in the last episode, we talked about the joy and awe of beekeeping, right? Well, yes. for you and I, that club is what fostered a lot of that Absolutely. joy and awe and, and being lot, part I of that. Made a lot of friends in beekeeping, you especially and others. Yeah. And a lot of joy came out of those meetings. Yes, that's right. So it is what it is. And unfortunately, it is no more. So just be cautious of these sort of things. And understand that you know there there can be consequences it, it's the same thing as if nobody ever steps up or stands up to something then it's just going to happen no matter what right so if you're sitting there and you don't want to see something happen you don't want to see your club go away or you don't want to see this happen to the club don't wait until it's too late that's right step up say something do something take some initiative and again, it doesn't have to be permanent. You don't have to volunteer for the rest of your life. Just just one year, and one year, one to, month, of <laughs> once a month. That's it. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a lot of work. One bite at a time and together we rise. So if everybody puts a little bit of work into it, then together we can make it work. That's right. There you go. So I will leave it at that. I think we have uh, we have beat that horse thoroughly. <laughs> Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> that that fish is done flopping around out there on the land now. So we're going <laughs> to put this one to bed. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in yet again for another beekeepers chat. Uh, holidays are coming up soon. And as we mentioned on the last episode, we're possibly going to have something for some of our patrons here to, uh, to interact and chat with us here soon. So 
look forward to that. You might see something pop out there. You might not. I can't necessarily give away details. Um, Dance is killing me. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, oh, I can't say that either. Darn, there's so many things that we can't say. You have so many secrets, John. <laughs> oh, well, until we talk next time, everybody, be good. And don't forget to be mindful. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs>